All right, welcome to episode number 24. This is the Gut Check Project with your host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. I'm Eric Rieger. What's up, man? Man, I'm super excited. We are going to do this together. Yeah. Here, we're starting to work a few kinks out. We had that really cool episode that uh, we did with SurePath, which is just going to be launched. And then Dr. Marisol, which got launched last week. We're getting some really cool episodes building up here. So I thought that this could be an episode where we circle back with each other and get reconnected. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm still recovering from you abandoning me when Dr. Marisol came here and I was alone. Yeah, I know. I was uh, I was knee deep in uh, talking to tons of dietitians up in Philadelphia. And uh, so that's okay because up there they like cigarettes, I learned. <laughs> a lot of cigarettes smoke in Philadelphia uh, along with cheesesteak, but uh, uh, I, it, was, it was a great episode. And, of course, since we've been at the new studio, we have had CBD takeouts, uh, Jeremy Kinder. We've had uh, Dr. Mettersole, and we've also had uh, Patrick... Uh, Brewer, as well as Tim Power of uh, SurePath. And now we're going to experiment with having uh, our reconnection and talking about some research. You know what was really cool about that, having uh, Tim and Patrick on? What's that? They're just so freaking smart at what they do. Definitely. And I'm so stupid in that world. That's I'm you know it's just being around people that are specialists in that field. It's really cool. I guess, man, honestly, it's really cool to hear somebody else who has, it really is, it's a holistic approach to how you handle your finances and your money. And so many people get caught up in the race of making sure that they have their work, their job, their family items planned out that the last thing they think about is how well am I making certain that my money is not only secure, but working for me. And if you haven't checked out episode number 23 with SurePath, that is actually a great Primer, whether you use them or not, be sure you take care of your stuff. It'll it'll take away the stress. It's so interesting when you start thinking about money and how money can create stress or the lack thereof can create stress. Sure. And in fact, you know, forget that. I have a lot of friends that have sold their businesses and then suddenly the stress of what do I do with this money pops in, which most people would love to have that problem. I get that. But even that in itself can be an issue. And so then you have the fact that money plays into this and um, any type of stress can affect your intestines, your guts, whatever, and that can lead to dysmotility, can lead to all different kinds of things. So we want to act like we have all these different fields and we want to act like that the, this is my such and such guy. This is, But really, we all have to be together because if my finances are going south, I'm going to be stressed out. I'm not going to sleep well. It's going to affect everything. And if your gut isn't good, and you've got the resources, you're not going to enjoy it. Because what do you have if you don't have health? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I would even go even a step further when when I was just getting started off on my own and Marie and I had just gotten married and you don't have a lot of money back then. It seems like stress was a little bit less because basically, let's face it, that extra $100, we knew what it was going to go to and it was already kind of spoken for. And so you you kind of knew where your money was going. And then as, as you build your career and you get a little bit larger and you don't really stay in tune with what's happening, that's where the stress comes in. So having someone help you plan where you're effectively using your money, regardless of your income, is a huge stress relief. You don't. It's never too early to turn to someone like that. Yeah, it's so interesting. that Everybody always talks about the simpler times, the simpler times. But when you're in the simpler times, all you're doing is looking forward to the time when you can actually not sweat the next bill. Yeah. So this kind of comes down to that whole aspect of just living in the moment. Sure. 
just be true to this. I'm in the moment with you right now, my brother. That's right. Just in the moment. So we got big news before we even get into research. What happened today? Oh my gosh. This is so exciting. So in the CBD world, everybody's being jerked around by having these processors where the banks won't do this. And we got a website and we're having trouble running these different credit cards and stuff. Today, we actually got a processor, Square Processor. We did. And and for those of you who have been loyal and allowing us to manually process when your credit card doesn't go through because of various bank rules, it all ends this week. We've got a new website. We've got a new processor. No more of having to chase around to get that kind of stuff going. And we've got cool things that are going to come because of it. Uh, Black Friday specials, Christmas specials. You're going to be able to get KBMD, CBD, trusted, certified, etc. at a breakneck cost. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? At a, at a breakneck cost? I, mean, I, was, I was thinking about breakneck is speed. But yes, you can have this CBD sent to your home at a breakneck speed at a substantial savings because we have been so excited to get this out to everybody. Uh, When we sit there and talk about CBD, um, one of our sponsors, KBMD Health, um, as CBD, we also have Atron Teal, my baby there. The coolest thing is those two things work together. I talk to so many people, and every time I meet somebody, they're like, yeah, I don't really understand that. I see all these stores popping up, and I try to explain it. Here's the bottom line. You have an endocannabinoid system. This system, if you live in the United States, you have a very high likelihood that it is not optimized. Right. All this does is allow your body to bring you back to balance. Everybody tries to make it too complex. Everybody tries to make these claims. That's not what we're going for here. My role is to get people to just get back to their balance, and then we can work on the other issues. Because it's an uphill, it's a complete uphill battle. If I'm trying to fix your gut and your anandamide, fancy scientific term of one of your own endocannabinoids, is not at its optimal level, you're not going to function that way. So everybody says, oh, I want my thyroid to be this. Oh, I want, I want to make sure that my adrenal glands are functioning and my cortisol. I'm telling you, you're chasing your tail because if your endocannabinoid system is not optimized, all this other stuff and all this money you're spending on supplements probably is not doing nearly what it can be doing for you. Definitely. And so this particular episode, since it's scheduled to be released on a Thursday, that's next week and that's Thanksgiving. So this is actually going to be released at the early part of this of, uh, of next week. So this is Thanksgiving week. Tune in, kbmdhealth.com. We will have Black Friday specials running through the weekend all the way until, what do they call it, Cyber Monday? We'll have specials exclusive to KBMD Health Shoppers, kbmdhealth.com. Tune in, save money, trust the source. It'll be KBMD Health. KB is in boy. Amazon Mary, D is in dog, health.com. That's correct. Go there, check it out, and, uh, well, I couldn't be more excited for everyone who's, who's helped us get this far. This is, it, it is so much fun to have this transition. I, I personally like the whole live aspect, and I, I think that we'll eventually go right back to live once we get all the, all the kinks worked out, because we have to understand that we're, we moved the studio. Special thanks to all the people at Mojo and Spoonie that have come Definitely. over and helped us and helped us uh, set this studio up. But I love the fact that it's so convenient because it's close to my office, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm selfish that way. Yeah, it's the same drive for me regardless. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. 
But one of the things, um, I want to start interacting with our audience a little bit more. And one way to get them interacting is to really just give them silly discounts. We're going to unleash this physician-recommended CBD um, at a breakneck pace with a breakneck price. Yeah, it's a really bad advert There's I threw in lots there. lots of neck breaking yes. here. <laughs> I don't know what you're... I guess I think I'm Buster Rhymes or something. <laughs> I'm not really sure. <laughs> Not a very not a very good adjective or adverb. Which other word for that? Well, anyways, this is super exciting. This is uh, very very cool that we can sit there and get this physician recommended CBD in the right hands of the people that actually need it, so that the people that want to hear some science. And I want to inter- I want to interact with our community so that uh, you know share it, share this podcast, share this idea, share this email that we're going to send out. If you actually subscribe to us, we really want everyone to start getting back to balance. That's the bottom line. That is the bottom line. So uh, today, what is it? Oh, hey, what are you drinking there? A little hop tea. We had this last week on the show. I love this stuff. We gotta. We have to find these guys. We do have to find those guys. I think they're out of Boulder, Colorado. Love I think it. they are. Love it if you're listening. Help us out on that. So uh, hop tea. Uh, free plug. Hop tea. Good stuff. So... Well, let's get back to this. Just you and I now. We don't have to worry about um, other people's schedules and things. Dr. Marisol had a plane to catch, and we were running a little late. Our our podcast went a little long. Felt a little bad about that. What's going on with the family? With you and the family? Oh wow! So we're getting ready for uh, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving. Of course, that's uh, it's coming up. Uh, That's going to be at my brother's house. But uh, second from that, Marie and I are both super pumped because. It's uh, our oldest's senior year in basketball, and our youngest is now on the JV. Uh, they both just kicked off this last weekend playing against a uh, – okay, so my boys are, are classified in their high school as 4A. It's a top 10 program in the 4A right now. So 4A means what for everybody that's listening? Uh, uh, Texas has classification for – So we've got – 6A. We've got NBA. Down. Yes. 4A. Right. College mm-hmm. and then on down. Yeah, it's just between D League and NBA. Got it. Yeah, it's really exclusive. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, Gage's varsity team is ranked in the top ten for for four A currently, and they were matched up against another top five team out of five A over the weekend. And Max JV team got to play the JV team of the same school. So, Mac got to play first. His team was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They ended up um, uh, trailing and losing by two at the end. Huge, awesome effort. I mean, for a 4A school, top notch to be going against a 5A, it's a big deal. That's awesome. So then two hours later, Gage Gage's team matches up with their varsity against uh, that same 5A school. Squared off. They actually were trailing by almost 10, fought back, took the lead, go to, go to overtime. They tied up in regulation, ended up uh, losing by two. It was awesome. It was a great sparring match, uh, two high-caliber quality high school teams, both stacked with, with good kids who, are, who listen to their coaches, great athletes, but more really just kind of pulling the same direction. So it was, it was a blast. Isn't that awesome seeing, seeing that many good kids out there and you were just – I mean, you, you look at the level – of athleticism, it's 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 just insane. Definitely, I mean, and, and the Sulphur Spring kiddos uh, who came to to play against uh, Gage's and Max squad. I mean, you could tell they they are well disciplined. Uh, they work really really hard. I'm certain that they'll go far, just as they're projected. So uh, anyway, for them, that's probably the biggest thing on our news at the moment. And um, Gage uh, 
see, since we've been on the air, he has uh, picked his school. He's going to go to the business school at uh, Texas Tech. Yeah, there we go. So it's exciting, and uh, he prepares to graduate. Hook em Raiders, right? That's Isn't ridiculous. That the, no, that's, that's not right. Yeah, that's silly. <laughs> silly all the way around. What's going on with y'all? Well, so we have the November's our birthday month. My um, Carla turned 13, Lucas turned 15, and Lloyd turned 29 for the 10th year in a row or something like that. I don't, I don't even keep track. Before I forget, Marie did. Marie also had a birthday. <laughs> Her birthday was, was uh, earlier in November also. So as you, you know, I'm, and we're going to get into this because what I want to do, so on today's show, I know that we're starting out uh, talking about some personal stuff, but I do want to talk about some science. I want to get back to our roots, the way we were doing that at Spoonie, geek out a little bit without a guest. We've, I've got something I want to talk about in the news. I've got a book review that I want to do. Oh, yeah. And we haven't done that yet. What's up, Tony Yoon? Yeah, I'm going to start doing that. We're going to do a book review and then get into a little bit more really, really cool science um, and talk about why, well, really, you're wasting your time exercising. That, that would be news. Did I just throw you off a little? Yeah, I was not expecting that. Yeah, basically, you're wasting all your time exercising. We're going to get into that. So make sure that you're here because I've got um, some, you know, just some interesting data. I'm okay. always looking at data. So one of the things that I've always talked about is I'm not a big fan of how everybody sits on their phone all the time. Me either. And I had to break down. I Because of the traveling of the kids and because of the way that the world now communicates... Both kids now have phones. For the, they've been the last holdouts in their school. So, both Carla and Lucas now have cell phones, <laughs> iPhones to be exact. So, <laughs> Lloyd got an upgrade. Both kids got phones, and um, I'm just sort of dealing with that fact. And so, Lucas got his phone. Lloyd and Carla went out of town, and or I'm sorry, I take that back. Carla, uh, Lloyd's car broke, and. Carla went to school, Lucas decided he wanted to go play tennis, and he just adapted and persevered, did what every other kid already has been doing for years. I was just shocked that he just did it on his own and downloaded the Uber app and then spent the whole day just sort of Ubering himself around for things he wanted to do. (laughs) Tennis, yoga, he took four Uber rides in the first day that we left him alone with his phone. I'm like, okay, you're exploring the world. Yeah, that's pretty amazing though. If somebody were to time travel... And see that kind of availability. I don't even think they could comprehend much. That's kind of amazing. Oh, man. I, I mean, we can get into that a little bit more. But um, speaking of Uber, I'm, you know, just something to go off topic a little bit. I heard a really cool podcast this morning. Yeah. Um, while I was on the treadmill. Okay. Even though I just said that exercise on is exercise? worth it. Yeah. So uh, w- while I was on the treadmill this morning, I was listening to a podcast, um, Happiness Something or Other. I'll figure it out, but really, really well done. It's a Yale, it's a Yale psychologist um, that was discussing the fact that we, she interviewed, uh, I forgot his name. Do you know that the inventor, there was a guy who worked um I don't remember exactly where he worked. The story of this is irrelevant, but it is relevant because it's here in Dallas. Okay. He was sitting in line at the bank, and it was taking over an hour. Uh And he's just like, I need to be back in my office. He was an entrepreneur. He's like, we're developing things. Sure. And he went back and said that that is just a colossal waste of time. And as it turns out, um, he is the inventor of the ATM. Oh. He's 90-some years old. He lives here in Dallas. She flew to Dallas to interview him. And this totally gregarious and cute, and his wife has never used an ATM. How? Never used one because she said, 
I didn't like how it depersonalized the banking system because I like talking to the teller. And then this gets into socialization and how we just keep putting ourselves in a bubble. Sure. And the reality is being antisocial is just as dangerous or not being social with others or being um, – everybody thinks they're being social, but they're not being social on the phone. You're not actually looking at somebody and saying, no. hey, how are you? And what they looked at is that uh, multiple studies have shown that oddly when you interview people – they say that they really want to be left alone. So, for instance, there was a railway system, and I don't remember where it was, New York or something, where they did a poll of everybody, and people basically said, I want to be left alone. So they made quiet cars. And this guy did a study. Um, I'm going off the cuff here because I, I listened to it just a few hours ago. I'll, I'll give the uh, – we can do better show notes on this, and I can tell you about it. But it's really interesting okay. because what it comes down to is the more that we make ourselves, our lives convenient – the more and more we don't know it, but we're emotionally isolating ourselves. Believe it. And the more that we emotionally isolate ourselves, the direct correlation to happiness starts changing. So to be happy, you have to be part of a group. You have to be part of a tribe. And that's why I think us showing up here and having the KBMD Health Tribe, be part of it. Share it. Get people moving. Talk to us. Because that is a social interaction. They did a study where they took a couple groups of people and they said, I want you to go on the on this train. It, it's like a commuter train. It's Philly or New York or something. Don't talk. Um, sit down to somebody and engage in a conversation. And then sit down to somebody, engage, and then just listen. Ask questions and listen. And so they were trying to see. Completely across the board, those that actually engaged with other humans had a much more pleasant experience. Mm -hmm. And they didn't think that they would. Because the perception of humans is, well, I don't want to ask, I don't want to say hi to somebody on a random train because they're going to kill me. It's this worst case scenario type thing. So the train took a, tr uh, took a poll and they decided to make uh, quiet carts based on the poll. But this same professor went to them and said, you know what you should really do is make interactive ones. Yes. Chatty ones, whatever. And they said, well, we, we actually did something like that. We had like a, like a, um, an interactive car mm -hmm. and it was too crowded all the time. Yeah. And he goes, okay, so you, you're so contradicting yourself. Humans want to be involved with each sure. other. I only bring up this briefly because with Lucas getting on Uber and doing that, um, it's just, it, you know, you're not getting out there again and doing this. The apps are too easy. You can order groceries to your house, not interact with anybody, but just sitting there saying, Hey, tell me your story. I want to start what I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to carry around a journal, and I just got done reading The uh, Soulful Art of Persuasion. Oh, Jason's book, yeah. Yeah, what's his last name, Jason? Oh, that wasn't good. No, <laughs> it's not good. I just I just finished this morning also. Yeah. So I've, I've had a really you know very enjoyable morning. I read, I worked out, did some work. But um, what it basically shows is that when you have a story and you can tell it, people are much more engaged. Right. Jason Harris. Jason Harris. That's it. Dang it. Um, we're going to, I need to see him in person and, and it's an incredible book. It's a great book. Um, but basically when you can tell a story, you can engage with somebody and you sure. can get them to, he encourages people to carry around a journal. And when you meet people and they get a cool story, write it down, <laughs> just write it down. It's an engaging thing. So I'm going to start doing that where I'm going to sit in line. You're waiting in line. Instead of being in line and making it worthless, turn around, 
Say what's up. Yeah. I'm Ken. You're exactly right. The cool part about Jason's book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion, is that it really is just a guideline on how to engage with someone. It really is not about uh, you know, using subversion to win them over. It's about be a human, gain trust by being trustworthy, and people will want to interact and do things with you. We will do a full book review on that one because I, I took a deep dive on that. Yeah. Um, speaking of book reviews... I think you know this guy. I do. It's a big Tony Yoon. Our, our friend, Dr. Tony Yoon. I uh, read his book recently. It's called Playing God, Anthony Yoon. I got to admit, I was a little skeptical. As being a doctor, I was expecting just straight up um, Grey's Anatomy style. I did this, saved this life. This is, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> What was really, really, really cool was that it's really heartfelt. It shows him from the beginning, shows him in, in early residency, where he describes in detail being stuck doing butt pus duty. <laughs> <laughs> so he's doing his residency. He goes all the way from having, um, you know, having to do these butt pus things, being broke. Yes. You know, trouble with that. He's got some really great stories through his residency, like the time that he had his wife come up to the call room. She was overnight and they tried to get intimate, but it really smelled like blood and poop and people were running around outside and there was lots of yelling and stuff and he kept getting called out and she just basically said, this is never going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very different than a Grey's Anatomy episode. Yeah. Every every closet (laughs) is is a place to hook up. I know. Um, But, some really, really, really funny stuff um, he puts in there, but also he puts some very intimate things like people dying. Right. Like the time that he was nervous, like the time he didn't know what to do. As I was reading it as a physician, I thought it was really cool because I'm like, I get this. This is exactly how I would think. He was, talk- he was talking about how his phone would ring and it would be this difficult patient or a lawyer or something and his heart would stop and it was just, oh, and he had to keep it together and still go through with it. And he was, it's really heartfelt. Sure. And then ultimately, you know, some wins where he did some really cool things. And that is pretty much from a doctor's perspective. Yeah. High five to you, Tony, because you were honest about it. You said everything, the hard work that it takes to get there. And then if you're not a doctor, because this isn't really meant for doctors, I want everybody to get this book because you'll understand what your doctor went through to get there. And definitely. And, and knowing Tony and his approach to life, how this, uh, this book isn't just a facade. I mean, he's a, he's a great guy. And he, 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 pushes, he puts his patients first. He's definitely altruistic in his approach to uh, how he cares for his patients. And uh, yeah, Good job, Tony. And he, you know, he also talks about a system where there's a lot of doctors that don't think like he does. Right. You know, I mean, he's, um, you know, his trademark is the, you know, America's holistic plastic surgeon. He's a lot more than that. I mean, he's a talented surgeon and all that. But looking at what he went through to get there, it's like everybody that you see that has a successful business. Yeah, it only took 10 years to be an overnight success. <laughs> it only took 16 years to be a successful plastic surgeon. Yeah, only. Only. Yeah. That kind of thing, post-college. So anyways, that's our first book review, Playing God. Go to Amazon, pick it up, Tony Yoon. I actually found it to be a really enjoyable, easy read, and I think it's going to be very important for both people in the medical field to read it so that they go, yeah, I'm not alone. And then everybody who's not in the medical field to go, 
oh my gosh, my doctor's probably been through a lot to get to where he's at. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Tony. Playing God, Tony Yoon or Anthony Yoon, MD. Um, I think you can find it at Amazon and well, really anywhere. Yeah. America's a holistic plastic surgeon. Awesome. Well, hey, I was going to tell you briefly about a very interesting documentary that I've got to finish. Uh, to full disclosure, I tried to watch it yesterday in preparation of today's show and I fell asleep. It was uh, it was late in the evening as I turned it on. I That's knew- a resounding cool review there, buddy. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the content. It has everything to do with I was a little fatigued and I fell asleep. But uh, it, it's called Tell Me Who I Am, and it was just released on Netflix within the last few days, I believe. But here's the premise. It's two uh, twins. I think they're in their late 50s. And essentially, they've grown up. And one of them has a pretty serious accident that gives him amnesia. And it's it's global. He doesn't really remember much of... How old was he? I, I think he was in his 50s. And um, his other twin, to care for his brother, begins to fill in the holes for him. But he learns that his twin that had all of the information basically only told... I think he was 18. When it happened. Oh, the the accident. Yes, I'm the sorry. I mean, oh. I meant the the episode. Whenever they they. Oh, talk okay. About yeah, no. Yeah. I just yeah. I want to know when he was hit. Sure. No, the, I think the accident was whenever he was in his teens. You're correct. <clears throat> but he begins to fill in the blanks for him, and doesn't tell him about all the bad things that they've been through together. He just tells him the good stuff. And what's really interesting is that as the twin who had amnesia has been filled in, he notices that as he loses his dad and then later loses his mom, that the affinity that he has for his mom and dad is far different than the way that his brother is experiencing everything. And his brother was basically protecting him from, basically it was a a childhood of abuse that he didn't tell him. Oh my gosh, could you imagine that weight on you? No. Where you, you both went through it as twins, you both probably sat there. For 18 years and talk to each other about the horrific events that were going on. And yeah. then you have the opportunity to go, I'm going to give you a new life. Yes. And so basically his, his, his twin that didn't have the accident loved his brother so much he didn't want to burden him with basically what he was living with. I mean, it's basically in his own little hell there. And coming from, I mean, I, I had a great childhood. I did. And for those of you who didn't, I'm, I'm really sorry that you didn't get to experience that. But I feel for you because this guy has a real weight around his neck and he saw Did your his, brother tell you that you had a great childhood. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> but, uh, but you could tell that, that he has this weight around his neck of all this information. And he decided for his brother that that's, that's freedom. I'm not going to tell this to you. And so now he's going back and just basically processing what, has happened, but even at that rate, he's just processing it as being told to him. He doesn't he doesn't really have the memory of it. So uh fantastic documentary to get started on. I'm I'm looking forward to finishing it to see how they round out and, and basically reconcile the information. But uh tell me who I am, Netflix. It's well let's, powerful. well let's talk about that because that means that his world looking seeing probably pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. Painting this whole thing. He's happy. It's a perception which shows the power of the mind. He's still, although he has amnesia, sure. There's deep subconscious battle scars in there. 
And it's fascinating that even the subconscious portion of it was wiped clean. Yep. And in I like when I hear this, I, I just go, wow, there's two sides to this. One is you get a chance to go, I mean, to let your brother live a completely clean life by letting his brain do it, which shows how powerful the mind is. And then the flip side is that the brother that's still dealing with the regret and all this other things has the ability if you're, I mean, if you're meditate enough, if you're able to control the thoughts that you can control those negative emotions as well. Yeah. It's not just, you don't, you don't just need to thump your head and have amnesia. You can actually do some different things. There was, I mean, we talk about it before, but I think that's one of the reasons why ayahuasca psilocybin and these different studies that are going on at Johns Hopkins right now, mm-hmm. because what it does is it gets you to just stop for a moment and then you get to have control of your brain again. Yeah. Because in my opinion, when you have these perseverating thoughts, if you're somebody that's out there that is depressed, if you're somebody that's dealing with PTSD, if you're dealing with emotions, childhood stuff that we never get rid of, but it gets ahead of you, then that dominates your conscious thought. This is something where you can show wiped clean. You have total control. He had a perfect life. Yeah, check this out. So when you look at the age marks, I mean, the wrinkles and and whatnot, the one who remembered everything, he definitely deals with stress on a completely different level. And he's he's a little heavier. I mean, it's it's all of the things that go along with perpetual stress. This guy deals with it because it's turned into anxiety. He's not happy as certainly not as happy as the one as his brother who's been liberated of all of these horrific memories right so yeah it's it's uh well it's super fascinating that um that i realize that that is something that i have to quit saying every time i every time i get around you and i start thinking of different stuff i always say it's super fascinating but it is super fascinating sure when they've done studies where they look at people and i say okay eric for the next 10 seconds do not think of a white elephant that's all I'm going to think about. So these um, different psychologists have shown that they put uh, bells on the table. Mm-hmm. And when they told a class to not think of a white elephant, just and if you do, just hit that bell. Bing, bing, bing. The bells just started going off. And the more they went off, the more they did, which means that the more somebody did this, they triggered to not think about that. Then all of a sudden you're associating, don't do this with the memory that I'm not supposed to do this. I'm not supposed to do this. That's what our brains do during PTSD. Sure. They just keep binging that bell and just hitting it faster and faster. Well, our lizard brain, that's the protective mechanism, right? I mean, you're, you learn what danger is before you learn what pleasure is. You, because to know what danger is, is survival. To know what pleasure is may or may not pay off for you, but to know what danger is, is survival. So that's... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is really interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. I came across something pretty cool. What's that? Let's start kicking some science now. All right. In the news, article um, just came out. A woman in China became temporarily blinded in one eye because she was on her phone all night. That is weird. It is weird. The article describes her staying up all night playing on her phone, and then suddenly she went blind in one eye. Went to the emergency room, and scans revealed that she had large patches of blood in her retina, blocking her vision, and she was diagnosed with Valsalva retinopathy. Really? Yeah. Valsalva retinopathy. So... 
this is because I'm trying to picture this now because I just got done saying that we gave the kids a phone. Everybody has their phones are on it a long time. This person was on there all night long and then woke up blinded in one eye. Valsalva retinopathy. So the article actually discusses that it was described in 1972. And I took it a little bit further and I actually found that there's documentation of Valsalva issues in health in 1704. Okay. It was the treatment of choice. It, basically what Valsalva is, is you try and breathe out on a closed glottis, meaning no air is coming out. So you're like, oh man, that's a fancy term. Everybody Valsalvas. If you're going poop, yeah, you're Valsalva. When you bear down. When it, you bear down. Yeah, you bear down. And, lifting heavy things, yeah. bear down. You actually Valsalva when you're sneezing real hard and you're not letting it out. Even you can have cough. There's something called micturation and defecation syncope. When people push too hard to pee yep. or they push too hard to poop, they will actually pass out. And that, that's called um, Valsalva syncope. Right. And so this one is Valsalva retinopathy. So in 1704, it was first reported that um, doing the Valsalva manure, where you push down real hard, was a way to clear out ear infections because it would blow the eardrum and pus would come out. <laughs> Sounds I cute. I know. It's it's wild. So technically, it's when you're trying to breathe against a closed airway. But what I found fascinating about this one was, what was she doing with her phone that she literally blew out her eye hole? I don't know. That's what I can't quite uh, wrap my head around. What about the Valsalva retinopathy is related to the phone? That is the funny part. They didn't get into it. Like, my first question would be, like, what app were you playing? What website were you on? What were you doing? What made you so worked up that you were like, It's like really intense bejeweled. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, what do you do? I don't even I don't even know that game. I've just seen it. I mean, connecting dots. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Facebook really hard. I know, like Facebook super hard, or you just you just can't stand that tweet. Yeah. So you just start go to Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, next time you're up all night and you're Valsalva, or next time you're up all night and you're on your phone and you start getting super emotional, just breathe. Yeah. Just breathe. Or you don't want to blow your eye hole. Put the stupid phone down. I mean that that's crazy. I mean. She's able to attribute the long-term use. She That's self-reported. They don't know that. I know. So what is she doing on that's the phone? That's why I'm much more curious what she was doing on the phone to create that. Or she was on the phone while on the toilet. I saw some comments. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. Well, I saw I saw on Instagram, we posted our Dr. Marisol um, <laughs> social media thing where basically... It, you know, I asked her in the first 10 seconds, welcome to the show. How you pooping? She goes, I'm pooping like a champ. I'm pooping like a queen. And somebody said, this is awesome. I'm listening to this while pooping. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think if everyone's uh, full disclosure, it, greater than 90% of the people are opening up their phone while they go in into the the throne library. Well, this is something, you know, I love treating hemorrhoids in my office. If you have any hemorrhoids, if you have any rectal bleeding, go see your doctor. But um, I can fix those hemorrhoids. And we do it painlessly and have about 90% success rate with using something called the CRH medical system. Right. We're going to bring those guys on the show. They've already reached out to us because they want to start collaborating on a few different things. But, um, wow, I almost feel like I should – well, everybody already has phones. But had I known how effective phones would be to create hemorrhoids, sure, I would have, like – 
started sending phones to all my patients when they first came out. What do you think the percentage <clears throat> increase in time is that people spend on the toilet because of an electronic device that will occupy their attention? Oh my god, it's gotta gone up. There's 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 a famous meme on Reddit because you know Reddit could just be a time suck. Oh, yeah. You start scrolling and it's one guy. There's the 3D picture of him holding toilet paper, going, "It's time to wipe now." <laughs> <laughs> But it's so true, man. I mean, people go in there and they they get to scrolling on their phone and they get into a chat room or they Snapchat, whatever they do. And I I'm guarantee you that people there's a significant amount of more time people spend on the toilet simply because they've got that phone. Oh, absolutely. We're I mean, the way that we eat and everybody gets constipated. I mean, I'm actually I'm morally torn. I've probably never disclosed this to you before. Yeah, not about this, I don't think. I love treating hemorrhoids. Oh, okay. But the horse chestnut and atrantil fixing bloating and constipation sure. takes away some of that hemorrhoid business. It does. I'm torn. But it's natural. It's natural. It helps bloating and constipation and changing bowel habits. And I'm over here trying to find more people with hemorrhoids. And I'm fixing him. So it's like I'm I'm sort of competing against myself here. Nah, it's okay. I'm morally torn. Yeah. <laughs> so get Autron Teal, and if it persists, then come see you, and you can fix it. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, she blew her eye hole. I think it's really funny. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you do that, or if uh, there's, there's a Chinese character for that uh, blown eye I hole. I am telling you, I want to reach out to this woman. There is no way she did it playing an app. She was pooping or she was doing something else that created her to Valsalva. And I don't know. And don't you think it's kind of weird though? Earlier you, you were talking about the interaction of people and I was sitting there thinking that uh, a lot of people now when they interact with their friends, they'll do it daily through an app, a social app, Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram, something like that. Similarly. However, if you get texted, if you get a phone call, or if you get a ding from one of those social apps, I sense frustration in myself when it happens, and I happen to be engaged with someone that I'm talking to. If I'm talking to someone and my phone begins to buzz, I'm annoyed by the buzz it, because it's interact, it's interrupting my personal interaction with someone else. I don't get upset with someone who comes up to talk to me while I'm finishing up a text. I willfully put that down and say, yeah, let's talk because this is annoying. It really is. I'm ready to get to the point where I can throw this thing in the river. I can't stand being on the phone. It drives me crazy. The more that we can interact face-to-face, the yeah. more that we can start realizing that we need this. Yeah. Humans want to look each other in the eye. They want to smile. The vast majority of people, that strangers that you talk to, are not trying to kill you. They're not trying to no. do, you know. The chances are... This is funny. The chances are the vast majority of people calling your phone are trying to sell you something, trick you into something. Oh, it's all it's, spam calls now anyway. It's con. It's the biggest con game ever. Yeah. That you can sit there. You're better off walking up to somebody and just being like, hello. You know what? I'm going to challenge KBMD Health Community. Do this. Let's see if we can't do this with our, our newly launched season as we continue forward. If you watch Gut Check Project, Send it to a friend, have them watch it, talk about it, begin to watch it together, compare notes. What did you learn? Send us topics together. Hey, my friend and I were talking about X, Y, and Z after y'all brought this up. Could y'all address this? 
let's make this more of the community that we did in the first season that was one through 20. And let's, let's do this together because what's the point in just consuming this by yourself? We want to help people's health. Start a social community. Hashtag Ken's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> as long as we know about it, we don't care. <laughs> right? There's, I mean, people getting out and doing things. Um, in, in Jason's book, he talks about a hairdresser who was really just didn't really know how he could get back. And he realized, I'm a hairdresser. So he went out in uh, San Francisco, I believe, and spent an hour and did somebody's hair. A homeless person's hair, sorry, not somebody's. Oh, wow. Went out and did a homeless person's hair. And what, what he found is is that he learned about this person. He nice. actually stopped and said, hey. And the guy had a story. And there's a lot of different, like, we're all human. How in the world are we 99.9% the same DNA and we can treat each other so badly? And we can ignore each other. And I could pretend like, well, I'm sure Eric doesn't feel bad when I say something or I ignore him. I mean, if there's one thing we can start doing is just pulling people in and going, hey, we all feel the same. As a doctor, I love this part. I stick my finger in so many butts and they're all the same. Yeah. We're all 99.9% exactly the same on a genetic level. That has to be some common ground. It's got to be common ground. I mean, in, in, okay, when we're scoping and uh, if you've ever been in to see us... Do we just wheel them back and then just have them get into position? No. We, we next to never do that. We almost always try to engage with every single patient that comes through so that they feel like that it's it's a conversation. Oh, I don't think you're trying to. I mean, I've seen you do it tens of thousands of times. Where you're like, hey, so what do you do? Where are you from? Those are my first two questions. What do you time. do? Where are you from? And then they get to choose. So it's yeah. not, you know, well, I'm... Because I'm unemployed, I'm not going to say that. And I'm just going to say I'm from Rockwall or wherever, which is, I've never, I never know where they're from. But it's a way to get people to go, hey, who are you? What is it? And then later when we'll start talking about, hey, remember that guy that was the attorney from Greenville or whatever? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, yeah, we, th that was really cool. I ended up going to blah, blah, blah. This is how you, this is how the network is. Yeah. It's, hi, I'm Ken. Who are you? Tell me something about yourself. Well, when people come through there, I mean, it would be so easy. In fact, we could even go faster through the day if we did not try to get personal. But that, to me, is no fun, and there's no reward in that. You know what? Let's do this. So don't be surprised if you come to my clinic or you come to the Endo Center. We should make a poster to put. We'll frame it, and we'll put it in my office and over, there, or over at the Endo Center um, that says, loneliness is just as dangerous as smoking. Ooh. Turn to your right, say hi to somebody. Yeah. Find out why they're here. They're all they all have something in common. It's something with their guts. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna challenge my waiting room to get off their phones and to just start interacting with each other. Yeah, no, I mean that would be awesome. People would Wouldn't be that be happier. cool? Yeah. And probably the time would go by quicker. I mean, think about it. You you get to visiting with people, time escapes you because it's pleasurable. It's not, and you're actually picking up things. You're interacting. It's not uh, hold up when you're simply in this. Over time, you get fatigue. I mean, you do. Well, that's one of the reasons why we have this show. We love bringing people on yeah. and learning from other people. Definitely. And, you know, please hit us up. Um, let us know what topics you want to hear. Broad, whatever. Do more on finances. Do more on um, 
on supplements, do more on whatever. And we can, we're now reaching out to people. We're meeting a ton of really cool people that are so knowledgeable and they're reaching out to us and they're saying, Hey, I want to come on your show and talk about protein because I think people get it wrong. Kind of like the whole game changers Netflix thing that everybody's really controversial with. Yeah. I'll tell you my experience with that. I saw it and I was pretty, I was pretty moved. I was like, wow, that's interesting. Um, so Lloyd and I did it we did seven days. She's still on it. She loved it. I made the mistake. Like I always do just jump all in <laughs> and I went to whole foods, found their vegan section and got every meat substitute possible to try to eat for seven days. Holy cow. The thing I kept forgetting, I'm like, man, I am swollen. I am just not feeling good. Things are just not right. My joints hurt everything. They, they use a lot of gluten in that stuff and I'm gluten intolerant. And I wasn't taking Altron Teal with it because I thought it was plant-based and I was going to do this. So that in itself could be a really kind of interesting topic where let's let's bring a protein expert on. Let's so bring somebody who knows that. If anybody's watched Game Changers, I'm, I mean, seriously, I'm really interested in what people thought of the show and what they think is actually practical. So I don't for one second think that we can't eat less meat or certain types of meat. I, I honestly, I don't know. But I don't think that we're made to not eat meat. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't. I don't think that we have the canine teeth for no reason. It just doesn't make sense. Meat tastes good. This is, it's fascinating because it's such a well-done documentary that it's one of the few things that has really, knives over forks, that kind of thing. I get it. Food Inc. Those, you know, th- those are all really what interesting. What was the other, oh, the other one was just horrible was What the Health. That one was out of control. What man. the Health or whatever. But, but this one is, this one shows elite athletes being plant-based. I really, I mean, I want to be a, an elite athlete. I want to do, you know, I mean, I want it to. But man, I jacked myself up trying to go all in, and you know. So there's, so for me, maybe there's a limit. I'm, I'm, I've done well paleo the last six or seven, eight years, and I tried to just shift it, and my body kind of fought back at me. I did not feel like it was an anti-inflammatory diet with me, but I, but in, I realized I probably did it to myself because I think I was doing a lot of the substitutes. Like, like a true vegan would be like, hey. You got to like really make sure you get enough protein from your legumes and this and that. I just jumped in, said, "Let's just all do plant based." What's the guy's name? The orthopedist, uh, Sean Baker. Sean Baker, he's, the he's carnivore. All, yeah, it's all meat all the time. Correct. <clears throat> correct. So I don't think that's right either. I mean, it, it's just no, that's not good either because uh, uh, cauliflower is pretty tasty. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like it's it's good. You can have great vegetables and great meats i think it does matter where you get your stuff from and it does matter where your food sources are and if it can be trusted but to totally write off all vegetables to totally write off all fruits and totally write off all meats is is nuts just you just got to be sensible stay away from the genetically modified stuff (laughs) stay away from the crap that you know is crap just eat good food and you'll probably be okay and don't eat as much the crazy thing is is whenever you end up committing to eating clean food you tend to overeat way way less and it's just i don't know it seems silly and dumbed down but that's if you're going to start somewhere start there well definitely nutrition is a super hot topic people want to get healthier sure and that's uh that's why every time i walk into the gym i always see Bunch of people sitting there on the um, ellipticals, banging it away. Yeah. Oh, hey, what about the exercise thing? Yeah, exactly. So right, let's you know, talk about it. So it's really, um, I'm going to be going on vacation soon. 
going to be going to a beach. And like a lot of people that start realizing that, you know, we're sitting in November. I'm like, man, I'm going to be on a beach. And um, I could probably, I want to shed these 10 pounds right now. Okay. And uh, so I started looking at a few things and just kind of saying, okay, how can I shed this? And then I came across a 2007 study, which was really interesting. It looked at, um, it was in the Journal of Obesity, where they took 200 sedentary people and they had them do what they called moderate aggressive aerobic exercise. Mm -hmm. They divided them into the 100 that said, you keep doing what you're doing, sit on the couch. And they took the other 100 and said, you're going to do 60 minutes of aerobic exercise six days a week. And they followed them for a year. So 52 weeks. They got 100 people that were sedentary to do exercise. And they actually get into it a little bit where they said that we, a lot of the exercise was made for them to come in and do it in person. So okay. they watched it. All right. Or they had pedometers that they can log in and kind of watch it and see how much they do. And they had these people do it. It was amazing. The weight loss was absolutely incredible. So they had 100 people that were sedentary sitting on the couch, and they said, keep sitting on the couch. That's it. That's it. And then they had another 100 people and said, get off your ass. You're going to come do 60 minutes of aerobic exercise six days a week. Was it that machine with the belt that goes around and does this really fast? They actually did not get into exactly what they did. Okay. Um, but it was either some sort of jogging or elliptical or just the typical gym stuff that people do. Okay. Massive amount of weight loss. Guess how much the average weight loss was in the aerobic group? Are we talking about percentage or, weight or pounds? Pounds. In the aerobic group? In the aerobic group compared to the one over um, compared to the couch sitters. Uh, 10 pounds? I don't know. In a year? Well, I don't know. At 60 minutes, six days a week? But it sounds to me like that's a lot of fatigue and, and buildup. But I, I, don't, I don't see it being a long-term solution. Yeah, but they worked out for a full year. I mean, there's a lot of people sitting here listening to this right now that might be on a treadmill. They might be on an elliptical. I mean, I think old me would think that that would be hundreds of pounds, but I, it sounds to me like a lot of stress. It's got to be hundreds of pounds. It's not, though. It's three pounds. Yeah. Three pounds. So, and, and, and the diet didn't change for either group. This is just adding in the exercise. Is that correct? So, it's... It, just adding in the exercise, but there's there's a lot of um, what is what is the what is the epidemiologic term causality versus correlation. Oh, okay, causality versus correlation. You know, did they lose the weight because they did the exercise? Did they not lose the weight because they did the exercise? Is it true, true, and unrelated? And there's just other factors going on. So you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Okay, somebody who's really good at explaining this kind of stuff and breaking down the science is Peter Adia, the uh, cardiothoracic surgeon has his own podcast and it's super smart guy, but he's really big about looking at studies that make it into the media mm -hmm. and then said, well, let's look at the causality versus correlation. Let's look at this. Let's look at the co you know, the confounding factors. So this has a lot of that, but what it does tell me is a lot of people are trying their asses off yep. to lose this weight and get on the elliptical because they see everybody else doing it. As it turns out, this particular study in 2007 went on to say, well, in these 200 people, they only lost three pounds in a year. Of exercise. Six days a week. That's nuts. That's nuts. Then there's a really cool podcast. So then I started digging deeper. I was like, this is crazy. 
how can you only lose three pounds with exercising like that? So then I found um, a podcast called Science Versus, and then actually the topic of it was exactly this. Does exercise help you lose fat? And so they had a couple experts on. It's a very well-done podcast, super high level. They brought in and they looked at a 10-year study. There was a meta-analysis that had over 5,000 people in it. 5,000 people. Okay, it's a pretty big sample size. Huge. Um, where they de- basically showed that aerobic exercise was not very effective for weight loss. In fact, across the board, almost everyone gained weight. So once again, is it um, correlation versus uh causality, meaning does A cause B or are A and B separate? So did they exercise and gain the weight or did they exercise and nothing happened? Were they going to gain the weight anyways? There's a lot of variables, but 5,000 people they looked at and they really couldn't even conclude that aerobic exercise helps people lose weight. There might be a lot of reasons for this. Um, It's pretty hard to burn calories. People don't realize that. Mm -hmm. So when you were talking about, well, did the people, what did they do? Did they change their diet? Did they do things? Well, it's human nature to go, well, I was on that treadmill for 40 minutes, for 60 minutes. Eh, I'm okay with having the donut now. Yeah. You stop and think about it. Um, a bagel, 400 calories. You need to aggressively run like 40 minutes to burn off that 400 calories. Oh, wow. And people, we just lose that. We just don't, you know, we talk about the phone earlier, how life gets simpler, all these things. We, you're, Ubering instead of riding your bike and doing all this stuff. We're making life so much more convenient, but we're also in this calorie excess no matter what you do. I mean, you really got to ratchet it down. You start looking at it. It's crazy. So aerobic exercise. So over this 10-year period, almost everyone gained weight. It wasn't muscle. Uh, uh, The type of exercise was variable. They couldn't control that, but kind of makes you think because, you know, you could argue, well, were they doing hit? Were they doing this? No, it was just typical aerobic exercise show up and do this. So exercise, not a weight loss thing. I wonder, yeah, but I am curious about doing resistance exercise and lifting heavy weights. If that didn't even get into that at all, this is strictly aerobic. Strictly aerobic, yeah. So, well, it doesn't really surprise me though. Whenever you look at, uh, we've talked about this before in previous episodes, and of course, just whenever we're spitballing, but your your longevity endurance athletes, unless they're doing some element of strength training, oftentimes they end up. Their, their body habitus changes to basically store fat in weird different ways. They don't really lose weight anymore. And you're, in some instances, your long-term runners and your long-term marathon bikers, they end up having fat deposits, cardiac disease, and different things like that because they're under a constant level of stress without the peaks and valleys that from normal exercise that we get. That is a, yeah. So that's going to be a whole separate discussion of how do you, the hormetic effect, meaning your body adapting to it. Right. I think the problem is when you say go exercise, people go, they get on an elliptical, they get on a bike, they're on their apps, they're Facebook, they're reading. I mean, I hardly ever see anybody read a book anymore. I remember I used to years ago, people would bring books and sit them on there. So your body adapts to whatever you're doing. Sure. Um, there's no shock. You're, you, you 
any type of, you're not causing the hormetic effect. The hormetic effect is I need you to be under stress and your body will adapt to it. That's what weightlifting is. That's what sauna is. That's what cold therapy is. That's what a lot of these different things, that's what polyphenols do. Polyphenols create a hormetic effect. Yep. They actually, your body has to break them down. And then as they do that, they create anti-inflammatory molecules from that. So the polyphenols in Atrantil do that. Um, the CBD allows your body to adjust to that hormetic effect so that you can adapt. So if you want a beach body, contrary to what all the exercise, all the commercials and stuff, uh, Richard Simmons sweating to the oldies, uh, you, you know, shake it off. <laughs> or whatever, Thigh master. Um, I, I started to doubt this when I was about two years into my prancer size routine and <laughs> I just realized, you know what? That lady in that prancer size video, I'm not really sure that this is for me. Yeah. I mean, she was skinny. That was cool. Yeah. But if you haven't seen it, just YouTube prancer size. Yeah. Yeah. That pr- yeah she's, she's interesting. I, I didn't know whether to do that or the old Jane Fonda tapes. I yeah. I wasn't really sure. I'm, um, I, I'm all about anything. I like trying different things. And I think that's, that's one of the... I think that's one of the cool things about science is that it can always go back on itself. You can have medical reversals and everything. But if you do remember that I did say I was on the treadmill this morning. Yeah, I do remember that. So before you run out and run up to your cardiologist and say you're a liar and all this other stuff, no. some really cool stuff actually happens when you exercise. It's just not for what I was looking for. I'm trying to get a beach body in like five days or six days. That's not going to happen. And let's be clear. There's nothing wrong with running. You just got to mix it up. Yeah. So as it turns out, some really cool stuff happened. Number one, mood. Let's talk about mood. A lot of people talk about, I remember Rhonda Patrick was sitting there talking about how she really likes to go for runs, not even for the anything, but it elevates her mood. So we do know that it helps with mood. Unfortunately, they did look at a large meta-analysis. And if you're in deep clinical depression, you can't outrun your depression. So it momentarily elevates some dopamine. Um, and some serotonin, but it's temporary. So don't think that you can just say, well, I'm going to quit taking my antidepressants to go out for a jog. That is not that they've definitely shown that there's probably more complex things going on with major depression, but it can elevate your mood, but some really cool science, some other deep stuff. It does appear to have tremendous effects on cardiovascular health. This all started because they looked at double decker buses in the UK. Yeah. And there's one guy that runs around and collects everybody's tickets. Then he has to run up and do the same thing and then run back down and do the same thing. And he does this all day long. And then the other guy drives the bus. They found that usually each one person stayed doing the job. The other one did. They showed a 60% increase in cardiovascular events from the driver compared to the guy running around. Heck yeah. So you got the same environment. You could say, oh, well, they're, they're being exposed to fumes. They're being exposed to stress. No, it's the same exact day that they're doing. One guy had a 60% increase. So clearly moving and doing things is good for cardiovascular health. So that's reason number, well, number one, elevate mood. Number two, cardiovascular health. Number three, it appears to stave off dementia. Yeah. In this podcast, they were talking about a study where they looked at people, older people who were aggressively exercising or who were in pretty good shape. Mm -hmm. Those that were in moderate shape and those that were sedentary, striking difference between the sedentary and the really good shape. They actually showed that dementia was completely different in these people. So brain health, longevity. Um, They also found that regular exercise seems to turn on natural killer cells, 
which are cells that go around and they look for early tumors. Abnormalities. They look for abnormalities. They're yeah. like they're like the patrolmen in your body. Sure. Well, when you exercise, these guys get released from their cages and they go, we're going to go find some bad actors. When you don't exercise and you're sitting there, you've got cancer cells that are starting to grow. Not only just for that, and it, I don't know if it's in this particular study, but second from that is uh, uh, your, uh, uh, goodness gracious, HDL can actually uh, increase with good exercise over time. Isn't that correct? Yeah. So there's all these other, this particular thing was looking at the, we, a lot of people exercise and they do it for their vanity. I'm saying, I'm going to start exercising more and doing more cardio, but in a way that if I want to um, actually improve my cardiovascular health, my brain health, ultimately try and prevent cancer. So, as it turns out, it is a great medicine to prescribe to your patients, but the media is trying to tell you to do it for a different reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting at. It's You're not going to, um, or at least in the clinical trials, I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, I've run, I've had periods where I was in what I consider myself really good shape, where I was running every single morning and my uh, total body fat was pretty low. I ached everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> my hips ached, my backs ached, backs. I got several backs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I've, I gave up on just the uh, running only uh, several years ago, and I couldn't be happier. It's, uh, it's a hard way to go to me. I'm, I'm, uh, so today, so I'm, I'm, I'm working out at Cowboy Fit and I've been, do, um, getting some, uh, low level light laser, kind of mm. like what we had with, um, the Thor laser. James? James. Yeah. James uh, Carroll. The different. So Thor laser is a little bit different. This one, it's, so I'm trying this out. It's got a little wrist injury. I want to go, uh, surfing. So I need to be able to pop up on my board. Yeah. So I'm trying to handle that. And looking at that, I'm like, okay, all of these things are all about cellular health. Everything comes down to inflammation inflammation, everything. You exercise too much, you don't give yourself a break, constant inflammation. We see these people that do you know, marathons, they have a heart attack because the inflammation keeps it up there. There's, we're all learning. I mean, we're learning about the diet. We just come out with this game changer. Oh, you need to be vegan over here. And we've got meat eater podcast and show over here that says, no, you need more meat and everything. Uh, then we have the media saying, oh, this is, you need to do your shake weight to get in shape. And you know, there's just a lot of stuff being thrown at us. I think diversity is the key to all of this. Like all things, just like you said, if you only ate cauliflower, it wouldn't be healthy. If you only did one type of exercise, probably not. The, your body will adapt. Definitely. So what this tells me is uh, there is the media out there with all different kinds of avenues for people to explore exercise. If you have a question about a particular type of exercise, benefits, and or detriments, hit us up, kbmdhealth.com. Uh, go to the uh, Connect With Us section, shoot us an email, and uh, we'll start addressing it here on uh, on the show. Right on. And then I want to start getting a bunch of experts over here. I want to get Gabrielle Lyon, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, talk about protein. I think there's an S on the end of that. Is there an S, Lyons? I think so. Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S. We'll figure it out before she comes on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely check. Um, let's see if we can uh, hit up that prancercise woman, see if she's still crushing it. I don't think she's going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> Jane Fonda's not coming either. I don't think. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so what did we learn today, man? 
And I learned that uh, you got to be careful about the way you exercise, that uh, Tony Yoon's got a great book out, as well as Jason Harris, uh, Playing God by Dr. Anthony Yoon, MD, the world's uh, or America's uh, holistic uh, plastic surgeon. And then Jason Harris is... One more plug for Anthony. He's just a cool guy. Yeah. Like, when you read this book, I really felt like I was talking to him. Yeah. It's, he, it, it was written, and I know that he wrote it with Alan Eisenstock, who helped him write his first book, The Age Fix, uh, which I also have that one. But um, this was a really nice, fun read. So I encourage everyone to get that playing God. Uh, go to atrontiel.com. Take a look at atrontiel. That's our baby right there, helping there with the polyphenols, getting rid of bloating. I mean, nothing is out there fixing people's bloating, and we got something. We got lightning in a bottle. Have you seen that Key and Peele skit about lightning in a bottle? No. It's really funny. <laughs> Check it out. Basically... Key, I get him always backwards. He's talking to him and he goes, Hey man, we need to do an app. And he and he goes, Yeah, because there's a lot of apps out there, but whatever. And he goes, like an app that people buy and they get more. And he goes, Yeah, but what you're describing is lightning in a bottle. And he's like, Oh, I got that. <laughs> he's like, but no, but I mean it's just it's just a saying. It's just it's just a phrase. He's like, No, I mean, I got that. (laughs) And he's got lightning in a bottle. (laughs) No, I've not seen that yet. It's really funny because then it just kind of goes on and um, (laughs) they're going on. He goes, because this is nuts. He's like, we could we could make a lot of money off this. This would be like this would be like the goose that lays the golden eggs. He's like, oh, you mean honkers? (laughs) And he goes, of course, you have a goose that lays a golden egg. That's great. So who else do we have? Uh, Jason Harris's Soulful Art of Persuasion. Yeah, but yeah, but I want to do a full review on that one because that one is super deep, really we'll do cool. That soon. Yeah, he's got. Uh, he, I mean, very clearly, he's he's been a really good person because he's got a lot of friends that back him up. Tim Ferriss, Ryan Holiday, some people that I really respect. I've read a lot of their books, and um, and you know what's really fun? I I like opening a book. I just forgot how much I enjoy sitting down, doing some charts. Having a cup of coffee. I'm trying to get into my routine. One of the things that that uh, most successful people do is that they have a morning routine. And I'm going to start making this part of my morning routine. Just read X number of pages from a from an actual book, a hardcover. It's a lot easier on your eyes than the screen, no doubt. Dude, I'm not going to blow an eye hole doing that. No, no, no Valsalva retinopathy here. To, yeah. <laughs> Getting all the way through that. Hey, last but not least, kbmdhealth.com. By the time you're listening to this podcast, we've got a real processor. Oh, my goodness. That means that we're going we're gonna to pass on our frustration and the fact that we've had to be so patient. So we're just going to celebrate. It's going to be like confetti, just CBD bottles falling out of the sky. For the roughly 1,000 of you that have continued to stay with us, thank you. Number one, you, y'all have allowed us to keep this show going, but everyone will be rewarded. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, what do you think? It's fun. So, um, you know, we're still working on the green screen. I'm having a lot of fun with this. We're, you know, this is, a, this is a work in progress, and I'm, I'm getting some really good feedback from people, though. Yeah. I've got a lot of my patients that uh, I just want feedback from everybody out there. We want to know what you want to hear about, what we want to talk about. I want to talk about – here's some topics I'm thinking about for the future. Number one, let's get back into the peptides. It's pretty wild. Yep. Let's bring a peptide expert on here, maybe the CEO of TaylorMade Compounding. I want to talk about a cool molecule called sulforaphane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's so, a lot of info there for sure. A ton of info there. We can get the CEO of Broccoli to come on and his scientists. That's really cool. Uh, but we want to get always, 
very interesting thing. I realize that when I say life hacking, it almost has this cheating aspect or cutting. That's not it. I just want to do things more efficiently. Right. Like that. I don't want to be on a treadmill for 60 minutes hoping that I'm going to lose some fat. I want to be on a treadmill for 60 minutes knowing full well that I'm staving off dementia, probably killing some cancer cells and um, helping my overall cardiovascular health. Knowing that, it's changed my perspective on cardio. And I also think that here pretty soon, if uh, things work out in our favor, it may or may not happen here in 2019, but we may have someone on pretty soon that can help us. How do you articulate messages of health to people in your family, most notably the people that you're raising? So if you're a parent and you want to get your kids to learn to buy into new messages and you just called them hacks, but really it's just returning back to the healthy way to live, right? It's not really cheating and cutting corners. It's hey, this is really what we need to be doing for ourselves? Well, that's pretty much what the Game Changers is trying to say, is if you go vegan, that's a hack on life. You're yeah. going you know, to do this and that. And so, But, I mean, everybody likes to use that word. I know that you know, Dave Asprey, that's his whole thing on the Bulletproof brand, is to you know, life hack himself to be 120. And, um, you know, it's all about health span, not about lifespan. Lifespan, yes. I completely agree. And one of the things, I want everybody to take this. This is the last thing. Be, be social. Social being, looking in your phone creates stress. You can blow your eye hole, but more importantly, you're missing out on an opportunity to socially engage with somebody that researchers have now shown if you are isolated and not engaged socially, it's like smoking cigarettes. More importantly, you might learn a little something from somebody. Yeah. You might be able to turn around and the person right behind you in line at the, at the bank or at the grocery store or whatever say, hey, what's up? It's kind of fun. Normally, I don't like, I'm changing my attitude. I'm changing my attitude on waiting in line. If you're at TSA, turn around and be like, it's not very fun not having our shoes on, is it? <laughs> just turn around to the person and just, yeah. just say, hey, we're, we all have to be here. Everybody, everybody makes it more miserable by, by doing that. That's going to be my goal. And then ultimately, uh, I want to have this journal where I can just turn around and if I meet somebody cool, just be like, man, that's awesome. I was um, eating at a, I was having some lunch right over there by KBS headquarters right before I went in for a meeting. Met this really cool guy who's former Air Force, was in Japan, and you just like start talking, and he was, he was our waiter, and he's got great stories, just amazing stories. So um, we had uh, Brandon Brown on our show. Oh, yeah. You just, I just met him, and I'm like, yeah. This Flower, from Flower Child? From Flower Child. Yeah. Great stories. Everybody has great stories. Everybody has a story. I want to hear yours. I would love for people to start sending some stuff and saying, hey, I got a cool story. Want to hear it? Yeah, I do. Well, we're turning this uh, podcast out on uh, the week of Thanksgiving, but it doesn't have to be a holiday week for you to reach out to a neighbor, check on somebody. So remember, engage with someone. Have a good day. And, uh, you know, I think you'll feel better for it. Two, four in the books. Two, four is in the books. That is episode number 24. So let's see. 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 What happens? What happens? What happens? What happens? What happens? What happens? I'm just playing. 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 So that was dumb. So that's going to be the end of episode number 24. We'll see y'all next time. Bye bye.